It's not in Discord, apparently. The clap is like the Holy Spirit. As long as you believe in it, it's there. <laughs> if you did the clap at your house... Welcome to Last Minute Politics. Yeah, Last Minute Politics. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but your intonation was the Dragget Show. You're not wrong. I've caught myself doing it. Like, I have been part of Dragget Show so much. I've got, like, listened to some Doom things. I'm like, fuck, I did Zanny's intro, damn it. Hello, this is Last Minute Politics. That's politics and last minutes together. I am Zanny the Blue, and I'm here with Pepper Coyote. Hello, I am Pepper. And Dragor. Hi. I, I do enjoy that you lost confidence partway through accurately naming our podcast. You're like, welcome to last minute po- politics. Politics. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how I feel in my everyday life. I was looking at last minute patrons and it just my brain shorted mm. out like different word. So that's how that worked. Hey, speaking of last minute patrons, we don't have sponsors except for ourselves. You are the sponsors. The people who are listening to this right yes. now, like literally ones who are live listening to this. If you want to join our Patreon for only $1 a, a month, you get a, we do every other week. So you get two live sit-in sessions on our podcast. And then usually we do other stuff at least once uh, per month. Like we watch movies together, talk about things. Blah, blah, blah. We've been off our movie game for a bit. We got to get back on that. that but you can also ask a patron question. And uh, here's the thing, because this is relatively quick, because I think we're all going to have similar opinions. Uh, uh, Misfit Raider asks about, like, Citizen, which is the name of a company, which is basically Uber for, like, private cops to come if you want private cops. You know what I mean? It's like a a little Uber mercenary service, but for cities. So if you're a rich person and want, like, an armed escort somewhere, that's, you know, that's what it's kind of marketed as, which seems like a less psycho use of it. But, I mean... Either of you, n- name your favorite insane dystopian use that could take. That is where, Jeez. when we eventually get some form of cop reform, they're going to funnel right into that. So if you're a piece of shit and you <laughs> actually manage to get fired, Citizen is waiting for you. Thugs, you can get a job as a thug. Hired <laughs> goons are never out of business. God damn it. The A-team is legal now. That's all I'm saying. Is like, It's going to be like the A-team, but with real death. Like In the A-team, nobody got shot, but everyone was shooting it all the time. The A-team was a metaphor for impotence, shooting blanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you remember when the, the, the Black Lives Matter protests of summer 2020 were happening and those two, the husband and wife came out and they were holding guns and, like, those super famous photos of them. Now, if you're middle, if you have a bit of money, you don't even have to stand on your own lawn with your own guns. You can pay someone else to <laughs> bring a gun to your house and point it at people for you. I never thought of that. Citizen. There's an app on your phone for your uh, white fragility. For, yeah, it was like, I feel nervous. People with guns Look. come surround me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to do it's- a counter of that. Where it's just a bunch, it's like three gay guys who just kind of have like clubs. And if anything goes down, they'll handle it, but they're not going to antagonize. <laughs> like, Let me order an army on my phone. That, that's basically what Pride was. Oh, segue. It was, it was black trans women that went, oh, uh, we got to band together and uh, fight. Mm-hmm. And they we did. want to jump right into Zanny's topic because this is like a great Yeah, that's a that great way to intro. And now we have rights. Naturally. 
And now we do have rights. We fought violence with violence. Yeah, they try. As a pacifist, I'm having trouble reconciling this because <laughs> violence is what seems to work. Mm. They were being start- arrested for basically being queer in public at the bar, well, yeah. correct? So they used to be explicitly illegal. Mm-hmm. Still, so is they were places. being arrested, and everyone's like, "Nah, that broke into the riot." Which, uh, you know, from the bar to hundreds. And then uh, I just saw a whole thing on this. Uh, they trapped him with inside, within the bar, and that whole thing went on for like, at least a weekend, right? Yeah, the Stonewall riots were like, they, they, we're talking about Stonewall, right? Yeah, Stonewall. It, yeah, it was like a multi-day ev- ev- event. <laughs> June 28 <28th laughs> like, to July 3, 1969. Yeah. Yeah, it started out as uh, the cops came into because at the time in the 60s and before that, tech all the way up through a lot of the 70s and even 80s, if you tried to run like a gay bar that was technically illegal, they'd be like, oh, obscenity, th- or they, they, oh, that's a brothel. It's not actually a bar. They'd find some bullshit reason to like arrest you, even if, you know, even yeah. if what you're doing is technically illegal. So the cops would just commonly, if you're at a gay bar, you'd always kind of be on watch because, oh, the cops might show up and just start beating the shit out of everyone, like raids. They can arrest some people. It was just dangerous, just being out doing anything with other gay people was just dangerous at the time. And this was an occasion where the cops did that and the people in the bar said, fuck this, and started throwing bricks and that uh, snowballed into a multi-day conflict. <laughs> sure did. By the way, just to like skip ahead, uh, in, in the year of 2021, if you are a trans person that has an unfortunate interaction with the police, your statistical chances of disappearing and outright dying are ridiculously high compared to most other demographics. That's horrifying. Yes. I don't want to sound like a, this is a, if you're like a, a, I mean, we talk about this all the time. If you're like a white dude listening to this, one way you can be directly useful now is just like, just escort or walk around with your less protected friends because the cops aren't going to do as crazy of shit in front of you. And at the very least, you'll be there to, to tape it. And then maybe after a year, they might convict one of them. I don't know. I don't want to doomer this shit, but it is a thing you can do. It's, I was thinking about it. the only reason I would want to have um, female on my driver's license is that instead of uh, whatever gender marker there is, neutral or a different one, is because if that's what my presentation is, I don't want to clock myself and say to this cop, I'm trans if I get pulled over. That's like... Yeah. That's it's basically like putting a, a, a little like T on your license. For exactly. Dr- do you get? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a there's a, a, a J for Jew and an A for Arabic. Like it's yeah, it feels really creepy in our current climate. Like in in a world where we didn't have those same like social nonsense, it would be cool to be like, I want to put freaking G on my driver's license just because I want to. Like that'd yeah. be fine. But at the moment, like you said, that just flags to the cops. Hey, this is a person I should mess with. And I can't think of any other times I use my like I use my driver's license for identification to fucking I guess check in to fly the weed store shit. like the weed you gotta store you got to use it at the weed yeah. store and the airport <laughs> and the airport yeah so pride is coming that means it's time for our yearly discourse of kink and pride if you have not seen what Everyone's been talking about on the internet lately. Some want to see it cleaned up to further push queer acceptance among the status quo, while others see it as a disrespectful dismissal of queer history. We just talked about the Stonewall riots uh, with our rights have been having been found on their civil disobedience. So there, were, there was also types like Leather Daddies who uh, 
are being asked to tone down for the status quo when the original pride was a protest against law based on others' discomfort. So like we said, those why they were being arrested in the first place. And then many pride events have day and night events, which makes which some are more comfortable with. And uh, they've enforced guidelines. But most arguments center around what is acceptable around children, be it skin or sex implied costume, and, ra- and really whether they should or have a right to be there in the first place. So uh, what do you panelists say? At a base level, uh, no one has a right to not be offended. No one has a right to not be uncomfortable. If you want to not be offended and not be comfortable, don't go outside your fucking house. Yeah. There seems to be a weird, uh, what is the rights of being in public? Because you go somewhere. That is an action you do. Well, so the the current, as it stands, public decency laws are, are only as far as if your junk ain't out and if you have feminine tits and those aren't out, uh, mm-hmm. okay. No store has to allow you in, but like that's the bare minimum of public. Mm-hmm. And fine, like I'm one of those where I don't care. Like, it, does a naked person by default threaten you? Does not even threaten? Wrong term. Here's the question for all of you: If you see a mm-hmm. naked person in public who's just standing around, is that harmful? I'm, this is a question. I'm literally asking the both of you. Uh, in our current social standing, it is concerning. Usually, it's an indication that something is wrong. You're like, what? They what are, happened? They are naked. They are in public. They are in the shade. They are on the phone and clearly having a coherent conversation. Oh, my reaction is that my reaction would be like the same. Not to say that I'm these not are asking the same about act. your reaction. I'm asking, is it harmful to you? What? Oh well, no. I mean, what are you, so, yes, yes, it is. It, it is harmful to you. <laughs> what if I? What am I gonna say? Yeah, yeah, sure. It, it hurts my eyes fall out of my head if I see a penis. <laughs> I just can't do it. I mean, they this explode. is this is <laughs> this is the fundamental topic of what's going on, and then you branch out from there. So, like, yeah, kind of. But you can make that same argument for if you walk into my house and I'm naked, and you don't want me to be naked, and it's weird. But I'm like, well, are you hurt? Are you bleeding? Yeah, but it's also <laughs> your house, and they can just fucking leave. Well, if I did it outside, it's the same kind of thing. Well, well, where does that where does it end, Drag? Or what if it's just anuses wall to wall, three sixty down the hallways of every public city? Then like, that's you- a level of coordination <laughs> and communism that I'm interested in exploring. I want the butthole line. I'm not fishing for the what if case. I'm saying by default, a I think a safe assumption is just seeing something that is just there. There's no context. Is something just there without context harmful? There's no activity happening. It's just there. We all see naked bodies. We all look in the mirror. We see them at one point or another. So, like, what actually is harmful about that? Uh, you have to define harm, and that's such an individual thing. It's like it's it's just a quagmire. I like to approach it from the like trying to define the human body as being bad in that we are all like ha- like everyone listening and being able to take part in this discussion as far as we know, must be a human and must be owning a human body and like inhabiting it and having it and looking at it all the time. And like, that's, that's all, that's the idea that just how you are born and are, and that if you don't like cover it in a certain way is bad. That's, that seems weird. It's like if it was a whole world of toasters and then you saw a naked toaster, saw another naked toaster. It's like, ah, it's like, well, we're all just, we're all toasters. See, 
for me, anyone getting mad about scanty, like just people being scantily clad at that level, like at any level, I get weirded out because I grew up with He-Man and wrestling where it's just <laughs> yeah. like shit, like sex and shit is everywhere and skin and like, well, you go to the beach, like all that shit, like. The range of reactions you can get from seeing a partially naked body based entirely on like where it is is crazy. We watch wrestling where there are dudes who are wearing probably less than a square foot of total fabric on them, and at no point does somebody say this is too horny and gay. It's just the thing. But you see naked models on billboards all over the place. But if you just change that to okay, now it's a it's a different person wearing the same outfit and in a different place, and they happen to have bright blue hair, and now it's weird. Why? What? Like, think about that. Why is it? weird and exactly and i think it's fascinating to me well what what but but what's the basis of it usually and usually it's because because it's not a straight person doing it not exactly. only is it because it's, it's not a not straight christian. person do it yes pepper just said it it's not in, yeah, in our case it's not christian uh-huh. if everyone's assuming that what is good and what we base what is good on is what is christian and we use christian and, and good as like synonyms like america tends to do like yeah th- bible says hetero not hetero therefore bad and that's I'm the basis seeing of things it. about keeping bdsm outfits and kink out of pride and i see it on bob's burgers and i remember it on night court growing up so that really fucks with my brain because i like <laughs> if you don't say tv is a public i don't even know where to start with you because that's I talk to the TV more than I talked to my mom growing up. You get what I'm saying. And then you try like define what fetish gear even is. They had pup hoods on fucking the masked singer. All the backup dancers were hot ladies wearing pup hoods <laughs> and like yeah. again because it was it was meant for straight men. It was seen well, you know, meant for, like, from like a male even. gaze film study kind of perspective. It's you know it's implied that oh straight men probably like this scantily remember clad. Remember Madonna on of... MTV growing up? That shit was on just public TV. And people might say maybe it's PG-13 being on MTV or something like that, but people at least I think that there was like an out an uproar over that. And the thing I just said, which is another like mainstream network TV NBC, nobody said anything. But then like a boob came out at the Super Bowl a few years ago and that was like shut down the world. And then Madonna, like, caused a... Oh, my God, there were p- people who were trying to be like, outlaw Madonna. <laughs> She's like, too, you can't. we must only hire old men for the Super Bowl. <laughs> they will not have... Pop, they will not pop a titty. Nobody talks about how Justin Timberlake's the one who ripped off that boob cover in the first place. He gets no blame. She just stood there. <laughs> because, because we're also incredibly sexist. So, of course, it's the woman's fault for allowing all of these men watching to get a tingle in their pants that wasn't from their their Christian wife. The, the white guy reveals the black titty and the white guy is in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. The black titty is in trouble. I fucked it up. <laughs> they were persecuting the titty. That's why I had to go to jail. <laughs> I'll edit that so it makes sense. Oh, Hooray. <laughs> so... Um, no, Speaking of titties and the Super Bowl, we're gonna, we got to talk about corporations being at Pride. Like you had, you have opinions about that. I always do. So <laughs> Pride, like speaking just from like what Pride is, especially in Phoenix. I'm in. I'm from Phoenix. That's where I, we we also can't do Pride in June because we all fucking die. So we do it in the autumn, spring. I don't remember. I never go. I don't go to Pride because it costs like sixty dollars to get in for the to to buy the the permission to buy the $15 drinks. So like you're you're out a hundred bucks when you're holding a Bud Light at Phoenix Pride. And you're holding 
it's next to your rainbow Bud Light stand because they're a sponsor, and that's next to the Coke sponsor. It's like you go to it's like going to a not farmer's market because those are less phony it's like going to a trade show or something like the gay business expo (laughs) but they aren't gay businesses it's businesses who want the gay money (laughs) like so should we change it in any way should like i mean i don't know how you would do it differently and in i just wish it would be a small community event i guess but then well if it was small ah. so here i don't know what you do to pride the the corporate (laughs) The, the representation, like the only good thing to come out of it. And I don't think this good thing outweighs the bad. So mm. the good thing is I can be out at work and I can potentially, as part of my job, be at Pride and be like, hey, so like we're stuck with bullshit capitalism. Uh, you can queer it up over here at Google. So mm. that is something that you couldn't do. You, you didn't even know where to go for this. You would ha- take a gamble asking about any of that as part of your job stuff. I just interviewed someone today that openly mentioned their boyfriend. That is unconscionable to me to even bring up because I'm old enough. That's so fair. Yeah, absolutely. That is one good thing. However, let's talk about Google. Google participates in pride and i think still demonetizes and lists a lot of queer content as quote unquote adult aka gatekeeping it so straight stuff is all can be all ages but gay shit no 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 that's that's gay porn shit Mm. i think that overall one it's obviously hypocritical and two youtube doing that is way more harmful than google showing up at pride and showing off you can be queer at work at least in Google's case, because they have a platform big enough where the reach is insane. If your local like machine shop or whatever, like if it's not a corporation, if it's a small business, okay, great. If your business is employee owned and wants to be at Pride, yeah, okay, absolutely. then in theory the employees voted on that, right? You could do like fur cons do, and you run the thing where it's kind of like group of friends that then network out and like. Furcons probably could get some little sponsor deals with Coke and Pepsi and Bud Light or whatever, but they, for the most part, don't. They're like run like nonprofits. And then if you're going to have a beer, I guarantee you, you can find a brewery that either is like gay owned, gay staffed, gay, or at the very least, micro brew level, like you're supporting a local business. You can make, oh, we want drinks at Pride. That's who's coming. Oh, we want to sell this thing at Pride. Make sure it's made by, a, like, if you want to do the capitalism in the way that everyone says you're supposed to do the capitalism to like, oh, fix it with buying shit. Well, give me the option to buy shit from people who need my money more than Anheuser-Busch. At the Furcon, I pay my friends. And they draw me a picture. I definitely, I definitely <laughs> would like try to not uh, give money to said corporations at said Pride. So, but even then, I don't want to make it's not an individual choice thing. That, like, even if all gays stopped buying Bud Light, that still would not fix uh, the profit motive uh, that destroys our econ- like our our most well most of people's lives. Like, it's not going to yeah. fix capitalism, even if even if all the gays bought all the right things 100% of the time. Even if all of America <laughs> bought the right things 100% of the time. Yeah. I want to have a... I'm always such a fucking Debbie Downer. I want to have... Uh, let me do a positive here. Let me tell you why I think Pride is good and why having, le- like, leather gear and shit, things that there scare average Americans, is a good idea. It hits a part of all of this, of, like, leftism and the whole point of talking about trying to change society. 
uh, a part of it that we don't talk about. And that's how important it is to be just living your life. It shows yes. vibrancy and joy and it demonstrates like in a, for a sadly brief amount of time, uh, it shows the kind of lives that a lot of people would be happy and able to live 24, seven, 365 days a year. If they had the means to do so, you're talking about jobs and hiring and firing people in the society we live in, the most important rights to the gays end up being employment rights, making sure you can't get fired because the thing that keeps us from being able to pride all year long is that you're scared you're going to get fired or you're scared that your landlord's going to kick you out or you're scared that your parents will kick you out because you can't afford to live on your own. It all comes down to like, fuck, I need to be able to pay my bills. And pride gives us a brief glimpse into what people would be doing if they didn't have to worry about that shit. It also makes us look kind of cool and fun, and I think that's important because people want to join the cool fun group, and a lot of like <laughs> people are like, oh, look at these. They're fucking wearing fongs and flipping off the police. Great. <laughs> I want to bring up uh, something I should, a uh, personal moment when I thought about it more. Uh, a long time ago, I remember my parents asking me, whoa, uh, oh, did, yeah, you're not going downtown prior this weekend, are you, or anything like that? We're not going to see you on... TV in the parade or anything like half kidding and not kidding, you know, that suburban thing. Oh, so, I, I grew up with forms of that. Basically, we better not see you on TV at Pride. <laughs> yeah. So there's that whole don't want to be associated with that because there's something shameful there. And it's like, what is the shame? And, and what you'd mentioned, Pep, is the idea of being out and yourself among your people and not having to worry about that is very freeing, uh, having been a pride myself. The, the um, way you describe fur cons to people is it's basically like pride and there's at least one every weekend, all 52 weeks of the year. Nice. Uh, yeah. Totally. I've been spoiled in that I get to go to rel pretty frequent events where I can act however the hell I want. And I, at this point, I'm, I have the material conditions. I have the stability that I, I, no one can kick me out of my house for acting away unless it's like I do something so heinous to more that we, <laughs> that we like get a divorce. But, right. you know, other than that, nobody can kick me out of my house. My parents could decide I'm a piece of shit and they hate the gays and they want me to burn in hell. They can't do anything to me. It's sad and it would make me feel horrible, but... I still have food and a roof and all. It's just no matter how awful the treatment is on an individual basis, having the conditions where you can have your basic needs met, it at the very least makes it a lot easier to fucking deal with. Mm, yeah. And hey, that article you linked an article in the chat. Uh, it brings this up. So uh, kink communities, people think like, oh, fetish communities, you get in and it's just all only about fucking. It is no. a lot about fucking, but <laughs> but it also is like a community space where yeah. there isn't some weird hierarchy. It, it's like it, there's not as nearly as much like class separation. It's like, look, we're all here to help each other. And oh, shit, your car broke down. Yeah, I'll come over. Like <laughs> You mentioned an article on the, on uh, them. Uh, it's a, it's about how. Uh, the kink community and how important it is to, uh, I can't remember what the title of the article, I can't find it right now, but just mentioning how the Leather Daddies helped and uh, took care of a lot of, through the AIDS crisis, as far as raising uh, fundraisers for care and for literally taking care of, and uh, also just throughout the last however, how many years, you mentioned like the, the the chosen family aspect is a is a part of BDSM in the in the queer community especially, and uh, there's that aspect. There's that aspect of taking in 
queer runaways from, you know, unaccepting families and that whole idea of chosen family. So there is a lot of that intertwined. And like, like you mentioned with the AIDS crisis, it gets really, uh, that needs to be respected. And especially to tell them to, to keep out is disrespectful to those who created pride in the first place. Another thing that uh, is continually glossed over, which I haven't even figured out how to bring this to attention in the Twitter discourse, but that's a hellhole. So whatever, we get to do it here. Uh, I'm not really into BDSM stuff. I don't particularly care. And the safest I have ever felt being queer anywhere, including fur cons, is at really hardcore BDSM bars. Because for all of BDSM to work, everyone involved has to have such a core, (laughs) fundamental understanding of consent. Otherwise, the whole thing falls apart. Mm-hmm. They've, so they've thought about it <laughs> they've got through like how do we systematically like attempt to reduce like here's a problem how do we make it better you end up having big conversations about about consent that you don't have at like your fraternity or your fucking your parents like, yeah. people just don't talk about it so i went to i believe it was wait, was it jackhammer i went to jackhammer in chicago and the basement bar is like it it has a reputation the part that really has the reputation is the dark hallway. And mm. if you're new, it is clearly explained to you. If you go into that hallway, this is the types of things you are consenting to where, like, you don't get to talk about it up front. If you don't want that, do not go there. Otherwise, mm-hmm. the rest of the bar, <laughs> I went and visited a friend who was working there, and he wanted me to get into my clingy lizard costume. And I was, like, terrified. I'm like, okay, but I already hate being groped in things. He's like, do you trust me? I'm like, Yes. It's like, if you go, all you have to do, like one person might put a hand on once. And as long as you say, hey, sorry, no, or up front, if asked, you say no. Every last person who overhears will police if anyone else gets out of line. Wow. And fuck me sideways. I get into my lizard costume. I go out. Some guy starts flirting with me, but it's all hands off. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just here for fun. You know, this is my friend who's the bar back. And like, I'm just, I'm not interested in anything. You know, I'm here to support my friend and have some fun. And some dude went to reach and like, oh my God, three different leather daddies pounced. There's like, you want to get kicked out of here? Holy shit. Like, I have never felt so immediately safe and protected as there. And I'm not even into that as far as like the kink aspect, but the consent and community and family aspect, they made me feel like one of them. And I just showed up. Right. There is that fratur- there is that fraternity and, and family aspect that, uh, that you mentioned. And, and, and they, and like you said, they have to get the consent. They're like, motherfucker, listen, we're going to get this right. Cause <laughs> it's, you, you, you know, you, and, and like, it's self-policing community, and, and Furry does the same as far as, hey, listen, we don't stand for this shit. And uh, you were saying. I don't remember who in my life told me this, but the only information I got when I was trying to figure out dating, uh, when I was like 14 or 12, 10, a, a baby, mm. uh, nobody at any point said, hey, you sh- if you want to like have sex with somebody, you should just you ask them and you talk about whether they want to have sex with you. And then if they do... 
You do like it was always we were it was implied that the only possible way was to like read people and guess and try to like divine like oh I think she's into it I should just go for it like that and that was what I was told by my like elders like adults mm. in my life that's the only way to come out. so if you're talking about how you break like, uh, rape culture for lack of a better word because we do have that. Uh, it's more open, honest conversations about things like that. If more people went to places that are like leather bars, well, here's, like, here's you could have a straight version of that. You can, can still we, do that in straight places. Well, we need to address the elephant in the room in that people feel uncomfortable. Well, the idea of bringing their kids there would make them in danger somehow. It's like, no, they're oh, yeah, not. I'm, there's I'm not like, necessarily advocating you bring like five year olds. <laughs> I'm not either. Like, like, because no, I don't want to see them there. No, I don't either. So one of the things about the that is the whole. This is a very common thing, and it's not just levied at queer folk, but it very often is the whole think of the children thing is a pure punt on responsibility. Yeah, mm. because it's, the parents don't want to have to deal with it. And, like, you know, he's kind of a creep and such and wasn't really all that remorseful, which sucks. But uh, Louis C.K. had a great answer to queer shit in public. And he's like, someone says, like, oh, you support gay stuff. What am I supposed to say to my kid? And his response was, I don't know. It's your shitty kid. That's your <laughs> responsibility, <talking> not mine. <laughs> True. At the basis of that is is that, like, we should that kids should be protected from what the world is. I mean, some things, yeah, I don't want to let kids know that the world is full of violence and pain and misery. They don't need to know that right up front. But like, depending on who you are, you're born into it. Yeah, exactly. That's a luxury. Nobody has the option. Yeah, you don't have the option to do it. But like, I don't want, like, you should be trying to like scare your kids just for the photo. Like, ah, look at these horror movies. Look at it. You three-year-old. But at the same time, like seeing a boob or seeing... A, a human body, like te- I think, it's much more damaging to teach kids up front that your body is something to be ashamed of, and yeah. you should always cover it. Hey, like, hey Pepper, that's weird too. Do you realize you yeah. just made the argument that uh, the majority of Christian religion is inherently unethical because threatening eternal torment just fit your description? Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of Christians who agree with that too. Like with the like threatening <laughs> eternal torment part, absolutely. That's why the only like the, um, all most of all I can't ever say all Christians that I know that I jive with, and we can hang out. They really just aren't into hell. They kind of will yeah. be like, I don't even know. I don't that think there my, even is. That was my gateway like, <laughs> into non-belief was the whole eternal p- punishment or uh, yeah, eternal punishment or reward for a. Very short life. Doesn't make any sense. It's not even in the original series. It's not even in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that there's hell. Does it say that there's demon? Like you go off of some random Greek fucks translation. Greek, what am I saying? A British guy's translation thousands of years later. Like, Are you telling me Jesus doesn't even take me to the place? Like that's my whole church basis. You believe in the Jesus, you get it. Yeah, I thought, okay. (laughs) Heaven's in there. Hell is not. I understand. Heaven is mentioned all the time. Hell is never, Satan is not really like a consistent Bible character. It's like, fuck it. People who don't read the Bible have so much shit to tell me about what God and Jesus say, or sorry, Christian God and Jesus say. Every atheist I know is like, I'm a Bible facts master. Put me on that fucking Bible quiz show. I'll wreck people. I know pretty well. <laughs> like, I, I grew up in it. That's how you make atheists. 
Or, you know, Protestant kids. Soon. Yeah, you were Protestant also, right? Uh, I was a Protestant, yeah. First United Methodist. I don't want to be told anyone to cover it up when I see the same shit the straight's doing on Sports Illustrated. Yeah, on a completely on a completely practical level, I think it's just a, a culture war not culture war nonsense thing that people get a quick fight amongst yourselves. Because even like get other queer people are like, we need to be more presentable. It's like, wow, and the circle well, keeps on okay. Every generation they have the same shit. In the sixties, they're like, black people just be more presentable, and white people will be nicer to us. Like that never works ever. And why do you? Why would you think that way? In both of those <laughs> cases, it required violence to get over the hump. It's, not, it's like trickle down. Careful, theory, you can't say like, that in the context of kink. <laughs> here's here's Pep. Here's the unfortunate truth. Here's the unfortunate truth. Like the culture war is kind of the front lines of politics now because it is literally in the GOP like playbook for 2022. Like that is what they're saying. Like we're gonna go with the whole cancel culture thing, and that's literally the wedge issue for them. As you mentioned, there's a lot of voters who aren't left and right or think of that there's just they a thing makes them go vote right and maybe 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 we can uh, kind of go into that like one thing makes you go vote and maybe that spirals into a way of thought so I like, think our current electoral politics is like team it's just like i i like the yeah. browns so i vote for the browns that's i think where our most votes come into play which is sad but i mean eh. Not everyone Seems does the homework real. or they have the luxury of doing the homework of seeing what their beliefs mean or where it leads. You know, you were saying in our in our group chat how the reason elections come down to turnout is because, yeah, nobody's there is there are no swing voters. People don't change their minds mm-hmm. that if if someone's going to vote, they know who they're voting for. And if they aren't going to vote for them, they stay home. Yeah, they will not vote for the other team. That's not how it works. <laughs> so yes, in a way, yeah, they just it's fuck it's team sports as as terms as like party politics. I'm still always gonna vote because it's the it's it is the most it's it's not powerful at all, but it is the most powerful tool that is given to me to affect change in our world. Yeah. It's pathetic and weak and doesn't fucking do anything, but it is the strongest <laughs> tool at our disposal. The, the more it's you the zoom out, knife you have. The more you zoom out. <laughs> the more ineffective it is. But, uh, and Zan was already starting to talk about this, local matters. You're talking like 100 fucking votes decide elections. And what the GOP is starting to do is try, what was it? Uh, If one of you know this better than I do, they're basically building out this countrywide super PAC to put uh, GOP shitheads in control of, like, uh, local election boards or something. So if they do want to decidedly flip an election, they will have so many people willing to do it that it would go uncontested. Mm. So, like, when when you talk about voting matters, like, all right, I'm vaccinated, and a shit ton of people here are vaccinated. Like, I'm I'm in Chicago for now, but wherever I end up, I want to be on election boards. I want to protect against this like we have to and the democrats aren't doing anything to stop it they are not even organizing to protect elections so like that's the no, they're not going point. to and that that's scary. where i become black pills the wrong word that's where my black pill <laughs> mentality comes in where yeah the opposition what you're saying about the republicans is true and it is true that they should be stopped the only people with the power to do so not only have no interest in doing that it's kind of part they they're gonna run their next campaign 
on talking about maybe stopping that. So they can't stop it. You have to let it happen. Then they go, oh, you better vote for us. And it just continues forever. That's what the, every election has been, in, at least in our lifetime. So, Pep, is the power move to be like, hey, the problem isn't that thing that that guy said is like the, the immigrant or whatever. It's your fucking boss not paying you enough. Like, that is the general message, right? Like, because we were talking about reaching out to the bigot. The, the, the person who is not all on our way of politics, like say someone you work with, you would still want that person to unionize your, your workplace kind of thing. When you talk about voting in parties, you, I think, tell me if this sounds off base, but that's like an ideological decision, right? Cause if you ask a person why they voted Democrat or Republican, they will say something that's like an <sighs> ideological answer. Does that make sense? Does that sound correct? Yeah. And it's usually they one think, like, issue. I am, I'm a this and I believe this. So I voted for bam. Like yeah. that's how it's always framed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know, from, like everyone who's sitting here, how often do we spend time arguing over the definition of what conservative, liberal, socialist, anarchist, <laughs> fascist? In the general zeitgeist, the American public does not have common definitions of any of those words. Everyone knows, people know this, and the people who are like the, the advertisers and the marketers of the, of the major de- uh, parties and not even just the major parties, the fucking my pillow guy, everybody, like people who want to make moves, the capitalist class is very aware of this, and they, I think they use that to just it's continuous obfuscation because now at this point, people who are people who are rad libs at best are like, I am a Marxist, and it's like you didn't even fuck. We're just throwing words around for points. So I just want to be people. This. I want to be to people like, hey, I don't, I don't know any of this stuff because I don't have time. But like, exactly, you don't have time because you are <laughs> fucking working all the time, so you don't Definitely. have time to learn this, like. Working people aren't going to go to 20 years of fucking philosophy courses. I've barely read en- enough theory for most people, and I used to have all day to do this shit. So, the, I don't know is if, if that's old old Lady Zan talking about fucking just, like... Like, has the political literacy actually gone down in the fact that well, we do have less t- free time, you know? It sounds like I'm a downer, but I want to acknowledge all that and just take it as a given and say, okay, acknowledging that that won't change first. That could change eventually, but that's not going to be the first thing to change. What do you what do you do or how do you essentially work around that? All the movements I've seen that are successful start with a bunch of people doing a thing to help like immediate area something's happening <laughs> and then the ideology kind of flows from that because you're like oh why are we doing this oh what did that do like what effect did that have and then it kind of builds off that and they'll be like well you know there's a whole book about it. and <laughs> you eventually get like let's use the big example of bernie sanders and how he ran was not running on i am a democratic socialist vote for me hmm. bernie ran on the very tangible thing, millionaires and billionaires are taking the fruits of your labor. He ran on Medicare for All and laid out, this is what you get if we do this. This is what no longer hurts you if we do this. And as you said, a oh, real quick, Dragger, uh, as you said earlier, what people accuse him of is uh, that idea of no free lunch. Oh, this is going to cost too much. They don't deserve it. The deserving part. If someone gets something, someone doesn't deserve. You were mentioning that as a, a Americans 
will Americans not will do not get a thing that helps them if they are so brainwashed into you need to deserve it. Uh, I know I have a good friend, so like I'm lucky in that you know I got some cash a couple of years ago because my great aunt passed, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, friend, I know you're struggling and you need a better tablet to do the art to, you know, pay your mortgage, right? And, like, he wouldn't take charity because he didn't earn it. Like, there was right, even no yeah. negative to someone else. And, like, this is a thing you are taught and conditioned of. You got to work for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the idea of a handout is shameful or something. And like, I don't think you can possibly intellectualize people out of some of those instincts because yeah. it's just how you're raised. You're just born in it. You swim in these oceans. Therefore, you are wet with their waters. It's like, here, I'm covered in shit or you're covered in shit and I'm sparkling for no reason. Here, have $10. That is the rich <laughs> thought. <laughs> so since we all recognize that idea like ideologically americans don't even know they, everyone has an ideology but if you ask someone what it is they'll tell you something but after you've gone through enough follow-up questions that might not even they might not even follow the the label that they've assigned to themselves so i think when we're talking about what, what we can actually do in our lives i think the most useful thing you can do as a leftist or an aspiring leftist is help people in your general community and know that they are not going to like you're not going to op- while you're helping people the actual working class your average american they're i don't want to say they're all assholes but they are not necessarily going to fit the same sensibilities of like the perfect way people should act that you get the impression of if all you ever do is talk to people online which i don't mean as a like a kids in your internet get off the internet but no People who are struggling, the people who are do are the most shit on, and we want to help the most. When you talk to them, they're not like it's not they're they're probably going to use the wrong forms of language. They're going to be like racism is probably in there. We live in a racist country. Like they're probably not going to have great trans people opinions depending on who you're talking to. But usually, that's not going to come up if you're like trying to give them lunch. Yeah, it's just doesn't usually become relevant so it's not that people's labels and identities and selves don't matter they absolutely do and people of uh minority classes are affected more so by the negative things i'm describing but when you get down to the nitty-gritty of saving or helping or just doing things with actual working class people like it's messy and people are gross and uh, are we prepared to deal with that? That's where I, I don't have a conclusion. I, I previously said uh, cr- teaching Christianity to kids is inherently unethical if you do the hell route. The one to its benefit is like the Christians I jive with are the turn the other cheek. You do the thing that is good. You help the people even if they hate you because helping them is inherently, intrinsically good. You do it without reward. You do it in terms of Risking, I'm going to say, like, abuse, but I don't mean, like, don't go out of your way to, like, get systemically abused or anything. Like, if if I'm a queer person, I'm going to help someone get lunch or help them with something, and they find out I'm queer, and they drop an F-bomb at me, like, oh, well, you don't get to eat anymore, like... I don't. Yeah. I don't believe in that. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have to, at the very least, address this. 
<laughs> oh, the same thing. If I'm with a group of people volunteering and doing great things, if someone comes out with some, like, says something weird, it's we're not just gonna go. Oh, that's fine. You can just say and say the most heinous things, and no one's gonna challenge you. That's also not it either. But I think it's more effective to like if you're in a group of people who care about each other and mutually help each other and doing that, they're gonna be more receptive to you saying, "Hey, why are you saying that?" That's yes. a fucked up thing to say. And if worst case, you might have to kick their ass. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then the next day you are like, okay, we're back to work, Bill. Like, <laughs> But that's yeah. different from like, all right, I'm going to start an online campaign to cancel Bill and get him fired. Like that's it's different shit. Yeah. You unfortunately don't, uh, if you shut off the lines of communication, you don't win anyone over. So I'm, I think that's there is no, that. I love the fucking Lindsay Ellis thing. She said, there is no racist island that we're going to send all the bad people to. We're not going to start camps. At, like They're going to be in our society, and you can choose to either do everything you possibly can to, well, not everything you possibly can. You can spend your time on people who aren't dicks, but <laughs> rehabilitation, and hopefully, as long as I'm not completely wrong about everything I believe in my heart, when people's material conditions are improved and the false competition that is forced on us by capitalism is removed a lot of our like animosity towards each other is going to be removed too i think i hope i dream <laughs> uh, uh, can i say there's go, a lot go, of weird you go it's gone yeah there's a lot of weird competition that is pushed by capitalism it's kind of like the, the it's fucking the it's it's a magical grease of all the bullshit i got it uh yeah go ahead um because of the artifice of competition that we have under capitalism and how mm. it's primarily luck. And so like when mm. I say luck, it, yes. you you look for scapegoats because we look we are our brains are wired to find patterns. So this is in no way an excuse for bigotry or racism, but I'm kind of in agreement with Pepper where, like, the more you squeeze people, the more an idea like that is likely to take hold. And it doesn't mm. absolve it. To be clear, it does not absolve it. But gotcha. any stereotype, positive or negative, like, in my industry, the, oh, well, you know, of, of course there's a lot of Chinese immigrant math programmers. They're all math whizzes. That... <sighs> That doesn't need to be the case for doing math-based programming in our comrade utopia. Like that—that right. that goes away. It's just—it's there to explain something away that already is there artificially, and not for that reason. We all know there's enough food and housing for everybody. So anytime that you're forced to quote unquote compete with any of your fellow workers for anything, that's getting pushed on you by somebody. It's—it's it's not their fault. They don't have an option. <laughs> I do think there will still be a lot of, you know, bullying and competition in sports, and, and, and that's still... Yeah, there that's will be an inherent goes. thing that will just, you know, they'll still be there, of course. But, like, I do think, like, capitalism just exacerbates some, everything so hard. You just change the stakes. The stakes of the competition should yep. never be whether or not somebody gets to eat. What is basketball to uh, most, like, you know, inner-city black kids? It's your fucking golden ticket out. Of the fucking, you know, it's terrible, but it's true. I, oh, I grew up in it. That's my favorite Dave Chappelle, most real Dave Chappelle thing, where he's like, I tell these kids, you got to learn to dance, sing, play basketball, something. You are trapped. You've got Shit. to perform your way out of these situations. Do something that makes these white people give you money. 
it literally is because they won't otherwise. <laughs> yeah. If you have a black sounding name, you might not get the job, you know, uh, that, that, that is a very real thing. And that, you can't check for that half the time. We can write protections and stuff, and we should. There is a lot of inherent racism that you can't, well, until it's gone more. But there will always be some that will affect minorities. Oh, yeah. They will always be affected more. Mm-hmm. It affects all of us. They just feel it the most. I say, I say they because because I'm 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 pretty fine. I'm all right. I'm not like well, the you, most persecuted. <laughs> you kind of mentioned it. It's how much you can hide it from those lo- looking from uh, just looking at you, basically. Like you said, you can pass for a straight. Yeah. Uh, on the I can road. look like a middle class. Like I can, I know the right words to say. I have, yep. I luckily have an accent that is neutral enough that people don't like automatically dismiss me because of it. My skin tone. I'm very tall, which helps. People just like tall people. <laughs> Whereas minorities can't quote unquote pass, yeah. if you will. You can't like you can't slip through this. Well, I mean, I also am a benefit when, when people say white privilege. What really is, is the ruling class of America was white from the beginning. We imported a racially different underclass for the specific purpose of making them the underclass. So America, it's just legit, it just literally color coded our own fucking classism uh, from the start. But then when uh, there, there's documented, I never know the name of this fucking thing, but there was a little rebellion and it was uh, like free slaves and poor white people, like indentured servants. And they all started teaming up and like going for like, oh, equality and rights and shit. And like okay so white people get like two more rights and then white people are like ha all right i'm out <laughs> it's used as a tool to like break us up make us fight amongst each other and it always has been because the only thing that can overpower they're so outnumbered they have to keep us fighting amongst themselves just like our chat's saying right now misfit i totally agree and america is just way more blatant than most places uh is there anything else you wanted to touch on that like you kind of mentioned in your uh notes just really quick We've been talking about it because when I say this, this is I've been going through kind of a philosophical soul search over the last couple of weeks where I need to insulate myself from the fact that both made like putting all of my energy into the Democratic Party is wasted energy. If if I want to attain my goals, they are not their interests are simply not aligned with mine and trying to create working class politics within uh, bourgeois politics, which is all we have right now, it just it's impossible. It's like trying to sneak, you just fucking try to sneak into a factory and make your own different factory inside. It's like now nah, you got to do it away from them, I guess. So like, what can I actually be doing? And the little bits of just unselfishly, the satisfaction I get from helping out people who I know live in like this apartment complex nearby, like there's this lady who blah, like the little personal interactions I have with people, it's not only more valuable to me on like a spiritual level and a moral level, but also to them, they will use the money. That money didn't have to get filtered through 15 fucking NGOs and skimmed off by a bunch of the super packs on the way to maybe a couple of cents getting to them. I just handed them a dollar and they got to keep and use the whole dollar. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So don't change your behavior. Keep doing whatever you're doing, but realize that is the only thing I think that could possibly save us is getting amongst each other and teaming up. I guess it's a, that'd be like a really organized effort of what you're talking about. Of really Getting people to fucking, I don't know, community outreach is a hard thing to. 
I don't even think it's here it as outreach. It's just legitimately just making friends with your neighbors if you can. Just people you see on the street just like saying hi to them and trying That's to fair. like get any sense of we're all in it together because there is fucking nothing. We don't have a political party. We don't have a majority of people trying to do it. There's no movement. There's no organization. If you're a leftist like in this country, where do you go? No way. You go on the internet and bitch at people. That's all you can fucking do. So that's all anyone does. <laughs> and you feel, I feel like I'm in a black hole over here. And the way I'm trying to escape that is by try, I'm reframing like, okay, let's take all that as a given that like most people just either don't give a shit or don't have the time to give a shit. Do not even think about their ideologies. They're fully brainwashed. They're just full on neolib everybody. What do we do if that's just fact? <laughs> and this is my way of circling around it. Do th- do good works <laughs> amongst amongst your dra- people. <laughs> Did we lose a dragger, or are they just muted? For oh, now? they uh, AC repair. Remember, so they may gotcha. have just fully had to go. Gotcha. Okay, fully had to go. Okay. Well, that was a nice. That was my favorite. Yeah. Like few seconds of me talking, I got to yell a little. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm a human. A <laughs> <laughs> human. What? That's what. That's one of the. Uh, what's his fucking name? The Infowars. He yells. Oh, Jesus I'm a hu- Christ! <laughs> I got a I'm heart. It's big. <laughs> I'm. I'm a human. <laughs> I'm, I'm a human. <laughs> like, Fuck. and I almost get what he's saying to that because it's like, look, like I have. I talk about the vitality that pride can show you. It's like all day you're forced to be a machine for capital, a robot, a cog in it. I'm a human. <laughs> I have and needs beyond making money for other people. And I want to get to a place where we can do that so badly. I just want to work for people and not soulless entities that yeah. funnel money to one guy. I hear you. I hear you. It, it is it is hard to reach out to your neighbor somehow. And it, I, we do know our couples around here. But the suburban fear is a real, the suburb, suburban chill is a real thing. And. We're still feeling the effects of stranger danger, but I do agree. I think the smallest I've just just straight up I've 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 gone full circle, or now I'm encouraging people to give money to drifters. <laughs> just Fuck if yeah. somebody's like if they're standing outside the liquor store, be like, "What do you want?" <laughs> Get it for him. That has done more positive material change for that person than the entire Democratic Party has uh, in the Biden administration so far, at least. There you go. Holy shit. Like, this is an off thing, but I think the, the one experience, the, the real life experience that flipped my opinion on giving money to just randos uh, is I, I was biking around and I was just in a mood and there were two guys kind of not arguing, but it's like the guy running the, the, the walk up window to the liquor store. It's a wa- liquor store with a walk up window. Cause it's super classy. <laughs> He's like, you got to get out of here if you're not buying anything. And they're like, Oh, fine. And I just walk up. I'm like, Hey, like, what do you want? And he's like, Oh, I have a dollar beer. And that's all I, I was like, get whatever you want. And he said, I want a $1 fucking item. I'm like, okay, this is not people trying to scam me. This is not, oh, a secret rich person who dresses up like a homeless person for money, which God, I've heard that story a lot. That is not uh, real. And no one does that. <laughs> that homeless person gets in a Ferrari and it's like, fuck you. I, <laughs> I think swear that was like a famous news section by <laughs> John Stossel or something. <laughs> it sounds like that, something that must do. have been Tom Green doing a sketch and they're like, it's news. <laughs> <laughs> Just no, I totally remember like that like mm. news segment going around. That is totally the suburban. This story. guy buys lobster with his food stamps. <laughs> I do remember that one. That was a specific. This guy just buys one, like, what? There's oh. a beach guy. There's this guy on the beach. He's like, I don't work and I don't want to work. Fuck you. <laughs> he's yeah. like a guy living in a van on the beach and he, had, he bought lobsters and food stamps. <laughs> it was a news story. Yeah. <laughs> 
And it's like, well, yeah, that seems a little, a little ridiculous. Why is that on the news? How come that's what gets shown like that? Because it's just obvious. It's character assassination on fucking poor people, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> I grew up yeah. with NBC or someone doing this story on the Chicago street beggars that bring in several hundred thousand dollars per year. That's the one. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Fucking nailed it. How about we run a story every time a billionaire is seemingly getting caught uh, oh. clearly kid-diddling through Jeffrey Epstein? Right? I don't want to get into the whole thing, but uh, speaking of shit the news doesn't talk about, Bill Gates' wife decided to divorce him. Coincidentally, about two years ago, the process started, which is exactly when they found out that him and Jeffrey Epstein were hanging out all the time. How come every billionaire needs to, to put their penis near children? Why is that a thing that billionaires so, just seem to want to arm, do? Armchair psychology. <laughs> when you're a billionaire yeah. for that long, part of being a billionaire is getting there, is you're a sociopath and you have to exert power. So when you're Bill Gates just, and you have crushed out of everything, <laughs> yes, you're bored with just life and do? being a good person doesn't do anything for you. He tried Ooh. curing malaria and went, that didn't get my dick hard. Pepper. No. He tried There's, money laundering through a cure for malaria. There is a uh, <laughs> there is a documentary somewhere on Netflix about a kid of Johnson and Johnson. And basically what it's like to be a kid of the 1%. And these kids just do so uh, many fucking drugs because they don't know what to do bored. anymore. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? Uh, <laughs> what do, you do so that life? happens a lot. Fucking wealth is wasted on the rich. <laughs> oh, big time. Big time. They don't, yeah. All right. I'm, if you want to give us money, f we have a, uh, what is it, lastminuteholitics.org? Com. Yes, we, com? Only dose, we will, we will only com? do some drugs to medicate <laughs> our daily lives. We'll only spend some of the, some of the money on drugs, and it's only yeah. weed for the, for the most yeah, part. Yeah, exactly. W weed and hormones. Weed and hormones. <laughs> Luckily, mine's being paid by the government. Thanks, JVP. That's, that's good. I mean, that's how it should be. <laughs> but also, it's good. Oh, I'm so for fucking now. happy that I have fucking <laughs> Right. Hey, that's my la last thing I want to say. Go see what benefits you're eligible for, because if you make under $25,000, you probably qualify for at least free health care. Yeah. Bye, I'm Pepper. Who, who's it? Oh, I'm Zanny. I am I am sweaty. I mean, I am disgusting. I mean, I am Dragor. Sweaty. I'm sweaty in air conditioning. I'm fine right. and I'm dry. Oh, Everyone yell bye at the same time. Bye. 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 All right.